because I'm like Randy, I tend to get long-winded. So good to see everybody this morning, even though this rain is yet hanging on. I was determined I was dressing for spring. It's like, I may have to wear long underwear under it. I didn't. (laughs) But I'm dressing for spring. I'm determined. Amen. Let's all just bow our heads, and we're going to ask the Lord just to... He's already here because we've gathered. Um, But that he will just have his way throughout the day in every class. um, And that what he wants to speak will be spoken. Amen. Dear Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your precious love, your powerful love, Lord, your presence that changes and transforms. We ask God that your word would go forth in every one of the classes today in our kids and our young people and here in this room. Lord, that your words would be spoken. We want to hear what you have to say. So I'm asking you, Lord, you filled me. I ask you to pour me out in your direction, your wisdom and understanding, because we want your will accomplished. In Jesus' name, we want your word to find its place in us and transform us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord um, just gave me the title a couple weeks ago. And I'm just going to preface this by telling you I know, (laughs) it's going to sound, I know what I'm talking about. That's not how I mean it. But I know what I'm talking about in this lesson because I've been through the place of waiting many times in my life. And I've just gone through it again, you know, kind of when the Lord goes, pause, and you're like, everything kind of feels unfamiliar, a little dry, we know he's with us, Um, and so I just want to let you know, I'm walking this, um, but what I want to talk to you about is while you're waiting, keep moving. Sometimes we can get in these spots, and because it's unfamiliar and we don't understand everything that God is doing, we can kind of shut down and be like, okay, what did I do wrong? Lord, what did I do? And sometimes it's always good to say, Lord, if there's anything that's getting in the way of me hearing you, receiving what you have from me, or for me. I surrender it, shine the spotlight, let me know so I can, we can have a discussion. Discussion? I don't want to have to learn a lesson four or five times. I've done that in my lifetime, and I've finally gone, okay, I give, I give. Okay, I don't want to learn this one again. I will follow. I will follow. Um, And we learn very valuable things in those places. We're going to talk about a few people, and I'm going to kind of motor through um, because I don't want to be late. It's so hard. Um, We're going to go to Ruth, chapter 1. 
There's a lot in Ruth. Like you could get 16 different lessons out of Ruth, but we're going to just concentrate on some of her movement. Amen? Um, we see in the beginning of the chapter, they've lived in a certain place for about 10 years. Naomi has lost her husband, and she's lost her two sons, and she is left with her two daughter-in-laws, bless her heart. <laughs> just kidding. That's a personal joke. You're not, I don't know why I said that, because you're not. Tim's father and I had a wonderful relationship, but I always referred, I would sign my birthday cards or whatever, your outlaw daughter instead of daughter-in-law. Um, yeah. Because I was very shy when I came into the family, and I had to learn to, like, be vocal and not be afraid, and it actually happened in a game of charades. <laughs> and he's big, and I was a lot littler than and these people are loud. And I was like, oh my gosh, why are they so loud? Um, and he, he said, you can't do that. He stood up in his chair. Like, they do things with passion. And so he jumped in, you can't do that. And I hopped up from the couch and I said, yes, I can. And then I was like, and the whole family went, yeah! Like, you're one of us now. I was like, okay, I need to sit down now. Okay. But he was so proud of me. He was like, there you go. That's how you play a game. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I need to buckle up. And my, our nephew, Ben, has a girlfriend that came into the family the same way, and we were playing a game. And it gets competitive. Like, even with us, if we're playing a game... All bets are off. Like, we're going for it. It's not this, that's my husband, and oh, that's my wife. I need to be sweet. It's, everything's on the table. And so, you didn't know that about us, I'm sorry. Um, so, her first game, she was like, wow. She, she was like, you guys are really rude. Wow. And I was like, you'll get used to it. It'll be okay. And so... Nine months later, we're playing a game, and Ben goes, you can't do that. And, she, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, it's going to happen. And the look on her face, she stood up, and she goes, yes, I can, because you just did it five minutes ago. <laughs> and I just went, yay, Sarah. <laughs> you have crossed over, sister. You're going to make it. You're going to be one of us for sure now. So... Um, yeah, that was a little icebreaker, I guess. But anyway, while you're waiting, keep moving. All right, so we see the loss, and then we see in about chapter 6, the plans start changing after loss. There's still a lot of grief. And she takes her two daughter-in-laws out of the place where she was, and they went on their way to return into the land of Judah. This is verse 8. And Naomi says unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And she continues to tell them, I've got nothing to give you. I can't have more sons. I've got nothing to give you. 
go back to where you came from. And they cried, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, um, but Ruth claved to her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, this is Naomi, and unto her gods. Return after thy sister-in-law. Sometimes, everything in your life will be telling you to go back. Follow the voice that tells you to move and move forward. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. That was a lot to say. Ruth had no idea where this was going to take her. But she moved, I feel, out of love and out of loyalty, and she moved into the unknown. Where, there die, where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if I ought but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfast, steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. When she realized she was determined, hey, I'm part of this family. I'm going. Side note, you're part of the family of God. So when everything in your life is telling you that you need to turn back and go back to something else, realize you're part of this family and we're moving forward. They get to Bethlehem and Naomi is still full of grief. She says, this verse is heartbreaking to me because I think we've all sometimes been here. I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home empty again. Has brought me home again empty. Naomi had no idea what was about to transpire because there was a kinsman, and we see that in verse 2. Again, Ruth moves. And Ruth the Moabitess, this is verse 2 of chapter 19. I'm sorry, not 19. I've got 19 stuck in my head of chapter 2. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was too light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Move in obedience. Because God has somebody, and you're going to catch their eye. God's provision for you 
God will put you in front of that. Ruth caught his eye because I believe God had them both positioned. Amen. And if we refuse to move, we can't be in the position of provision if we're fighting him the whole way. We can be praying for provision and fighting him at the same time because we have an idea of what that looks like. God understands we have dreams and hopes and plans, but there comes a time where you just have to surrender that and say, not mine, but yours. And don't wait until you are knocked out, dragged down, weary, before you say, not mine, but yours. If we can get a hold of his love for us, we will understand that his way is going to be so much better. His provision is so much better. So stop fighting and move when he says move. Because often in the movement of obedience and surrender, we will see our deliverance. We will see our provision. We will see the hand of God go, okay, you're ready now, so follow me, step, 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 now. And we will yet again stand in awe of what he does and what he does best. Amen? Let's move on to Second Kings. We see the widow. I hope that I get out what God's given me because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There's a song that says it. I know, I know, I know. Sorry, squirrel. That's how my brain works. Just ask your pastor. Second Kings. Chapter 4. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. To be bondmen, sorry. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? What you got? Don't you love it when the Lord does that? What do you have? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. Save this pot of oil. I need my sticky note because I've got the Lord's downloading. When he asks you what you have, there's power in offering. This is where the comparison thing has to be knocked. I'm, I, I want comparison to have two black eyes, limping on a leg, bruised and battered so that it has no hold on us anymore. Because in those moments, we can say, all I have is this. Like, so-and-so has all of this. 
You don't know what so-and-so went through to get that. And unless you're willing to say, I want that and all the stuff that came with it, back up and say, this is what I've got. I have this. What can you do with it? What's your plan? Let's go. I offer it. What? And I understand her place. They're getting ready to take her kids, and I got nothing, but I got this. He said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, and em even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. We're not talking just your street. Go scour the neighborhood. We need some pots. We need some vessels. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So when she went from him and shut the door, she followed in obedience, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. I need another one. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. She could have said, Well, you know, so-and-so could do this faster. Like, I just have this one, but, you know, she moved. She moved in obedience. She was desperate. There was no time. But sometimes, you guys, we don't need to get that to that. Some, there are times in our lives when we are just in a situation and we find ourselves on the spot desperate. Jesus. And then there are times not referring to her, referring to us, that we wear ourselves out when all we had to do was follow the direction of the Lord and move in obedience and be humble and ask for help. I'm sure it wasn't the most fun thing to go and say, yeah, we're like getting ready to go to the poorhouse, and I need any vessels you have. I'm desperate. I need, can I borrow some vessels? It's not always easy to humble yourselves like that. But when God says to move and to ask for help and to be obedient, we need to be willing to move because in the movement is where we're going to see the change. Amen? Go ask for help. Movement in humbling yourself. We saw Ruth move in obedience and loyalty and love. And we see this widow move in humility in obedience. Your movement can often be the answer to your deliverance and also your sustenance and your provision and your future. Amen. Moving right along. First Kings. Is this striking a chord with anybody or is it just me? 
1 Kings 18. You know, I wonder the difference that widow made in people's lives when they faced a situation. And it's the most powerful thing because it's how God gets things done. But I wonder how many people she told, yeah, I know, I know where you are, and I was there, and all was lost, and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was told to do this, and I listened to the prophet, and I did it, and a miracle happened, and what you see today is because of that. Tell your story. Don't glorify your story, but tell your story and tell of the goodness of God, and about what only he can do. Amen. First Kings 18:41. I don't know what my problem is. I never come up here with a tissue. And I know I am an emotional girl. I get excited. Excuse me. We see in Okay, so Mount Carmel has just, like God has just shown up and shown out. And Elijah's done some cleanup, to put it politely. Verse 41, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, move, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. A sound. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked. And said, nada. There's nothing. Sometimes God will speak or give us, I'm getting ready to do something. And we go and look and we can't see it with our natural eye. So we're like, Whatever. Maybe that was just what I ate. Maybe you just do that for other people. But you're not going to do it for me. Maybe the other people were obedient. I know that's harsh. His timing is perfect, and we can trust it. So he sends this poor guy back seven times. Do you have faith for seven times? Do you have faith for 102? God's process is his process because he knows what's in here and what's going on and what needs to be moved out what needs to be put in, what we need to experience, what we need to learn 
about him and ourselves. Valuable lessons, hard lessons sometimes. Sometimes they're awesome lessons because you're like, I didn't know I had that in me. But he did because he sees the end from the beginning. Pastors told the story several times of me in school. I'm thankful that God blessed me with a man of God in my life who saw things in me that I did not see in myself and literally pushed me to do it. But he tells the story of, he was like, you're speaking Friday night. No, I'm not. He knew that about me, and he loved me anyway. <laughs> oh, thank God. He still knows that about me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little more compliant right now. Taking a long time. It's one of those lessons I didn't want to learn again. You know, I'm like, okay, give. Um, it has often taken God in our relationship. <laughs> Woo. Okay, where was I? We should move on. I had a really good point too, and I got sidetracked. Lord will bring it back. Maybe that was the point that the Lord wanted me to make. Oh, so I literally, you guys, I got down on my hands and knees. I was so scared. I was like, God, you know I can't do that. Like, why would I tell him, you know I can't do this, because he's the one going, hey, Tim, have her speak. That was not the headspace I was in. And I literally got down on my hand. I was sobbing. In the office I worked in, anybody could walk by, and he's standing like, what are you doing? I was like, please, don't make me sing. Don't do it. Don't make me speak. I was the same way about singing. Our director said, you're used to singing low and slow. And sister, you're coming out. You're going to sing a fast song, and you're going to sing it high. I was like, I can't sing that gospel song. He was like, yes, you can. You're going to do it. You're going to direct the choir. I'm thankful that God put people in my life that said, this is in you. You don't see it. You don't feel it. You don't know how it's possible. It doesn't seem like your personality. I'm telling you standing here today, for, because of the grace of God and putting people in my life that would say, you're going to do it. I am night and day different from that girl that got on the floor and cried. Because somewhere along the line, I got the understanding that if God's asking me, then he's going to provide. He's going to put that in me. He's going to give me the strength and the anointing to walk it out. Amen. Amen. So, let me find my place again. Oh, seven times. Seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Hey, it's not in here, but that's my version. Hey, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, 
He didn't say, well, yeah, we're going to have to go back more because it's going to take more than a little cloud. He said, go up, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. See, that's how God works. He'll let us see a cloud and we're like, oh, okay, let's go. And he doesn't go back on his word. The heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance. He passed him up. When you hear the sound, when you hear the sound of abundance of rain, get yourself ready. Don't wait until everything, and, and we've, Oh, sorry. I'm like overcome. Through the history of this church, God has always made us move first. You move, I'll provide. Well, we'd really like a little more understanding. If you could. Nope, you move. There doesn't seem to be a foundation there. Move. We moved, and God was, and I often wondered, Lord, Kansas City, why through all of the building project and all of that, invest in all that time, sweat, tears, money, and then we leave. I literally drove up on the property, you guys, in my little Toyota. It was dirt and a cement slab, and the Lord said, just a heads up, you're not going to be here long. You're not going to be a part of all that will happen here. Do you know what I did? Put my car in reverse and said, whatever. My family's here. My parents are here. I had my child here. My home is here. I've invested. That's just you, Tricia. You're going to be a part of this. And I missed direction that he gave that would have made it easier for us when the Lord said, now move. By the way, that was my last time. That was the time where I was like, I don't want to learn this one again, Lord. I need to know, I need to know. When the Lord said move, we moved. And people didn't understand it. They're like, it doesn't make sense. You're moving in two weeks. You don't have a job. You don't have a place to live. You got a month and a half year old. Month old. And there was a lot of loss from that disobedience. But the grace of God carried us and said, I know. You're in the waiting. You don't even know why you're here. You're just following. Because you know I'm here. 
and I've called you, and I'm going to show you. I would not give anything for the journey because he taught me how to move in obedience when it didn't make sense. He taught me that when I mess up and I don't follow in obedience, he's still going to be there while I'm walking through the consequences of that decision. I could have gone home and said, hey, honey, the Lord just told me we're not going to be a part of all of this. I kept it to myself. I never did it again. And I knew that I had a man in my life that would listen, who values what I bring him from the Lord. But I didn't offer it because I wanted my way. I wanted comfort. And God has moved us a few times, and I know what that means. But God has been faithful. And because I saw him move in that building project, when it came time for this one, and it didn't make sense, and we didn't know how God was going to do it, and I'm like, Lord, this is a small congregation. I didn't, there was no, there's no way. There's no way. How are you going to do this? You've done it before. You're going to do it again. Last week, I was rejoicing in that service because I'm like, Lord, every time you ask us to move and it doesn't quite make sense, this church moves. And I'm excited about what you're going to... The rep from Van Man was here. That's the company that took us through our first building project. And she came to, to get measurements and things and look at some things and... And she was like, I didn't bring any high-dollar stuff because I know you're temporary. Sorry, I almost did a little Holy Ghost jig right there. And I'm sitting at that table, and I'm like, Lord, you've already put in their hearts. They understand. This is just temporary. I said, have you seen the Sunday school wing? She said, no, I want to see it. I said, they, like God is just moving in our Sunday school. We're having kids upon kids, and we need room. And she goes, it's so exciting. We are so excited about it. We're so glad you called us again. And it's not just about you. The naysayer, well, you know, they just want your money. Nope, because when Tim called the main guy, can't remember his name, Adam, he said, well, I've been following you on Facebook. So I've seen. They didn't say to us, oh, but it's so pretty. And you've only been in it a little while. Don't you want to stay there? She walked in there and was just like, oh, oh my word, this, can I take pictures? This is so awesome. I have to show them this back at the, you guys do need room. Wow, you know, and she's just like, we walk out of that wing and we think we're going back to the office she turns to the left towards the sanctuary. Now, she came to church here while Pastor Suber was here, and God super-soaked them, her and her husband. I mean, super-soaked. It left an impact. She turned for this sanctuary, and she said, I just have to go in here. Is, can I go? I just have to go in here. 
And she walked in and she just stood. She goes, I just love this room. I love the decorations. I just love this room. This is just so beautiful. We started talking about, well, if we move out, we're only going to, she goes, yeah, and that would take so much structural, blah, 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 blah. And she goes, when you, when you get there, you call us. Call us. We want to be a part of this. If you wait until you see rain, it's too late. It's too late. I've been all over the world here, and I'm not going to apologize. After all that, Jezebel threatens him. Okay, buddy, you've messed with my nest, and I'm coming after you. We need to just understand, and our pastor tells us this a lot, we need to understand that when we move, the adversary is not going to be throwing a party. So he'll send adversity. Remind yourself, if God sees the end from the beginning, then he also sees that. And he also has a plan for that. But we, while we're waiting have to move. Don't stay under the juniper tree. You're there to rest, to eat, and to gain strength. It's a momentary holding place have in your mind this is still movement he was eating that was movement he was resting that was a move then it was time to get up don't get comfortable in the rest phase in the nourishment phase be ready to move understand its purpose and be ready to move In movement and faith, he'll do it. He'll strengthen us. Persistent movement will give us strength. It takes the same faith under the juniper tree as it does when you're super soaking the altar and calling down fire. The difference is only the movement. It takes the same faith to say, God, I'm super soaking this altar and I know when I call fire, you're going to lap it all up. It's going to be whoosh. Sometimes those times are more fun. There's more theatrics. There are more people watching. Same faith in the quiet to receive the sustenance, receive the nourishment for the next move. To resist fear 
when we feel adversity. To resist giving up. Well, this is not what I thought it was going to be like. You didn't tell me about this part, God. Anything without sacrifice isn't worth it. It's going to mean nothing to you when you have to sacrifice something and give something and let go of things and surrender things. It sticks. And then when God says, because of your obedience and because of your faithfulness, now I'm going to move and I'm going to blow your mind. It sticks. It's about relationship with him, knowing that in the adversity, he's there. He's in the soaking of the altar. He's in the fire lapping it up. He's in preparing you to run through the rain and pass up a chariot. He's in all of it. And when you grow in relationship with him and you get a hold of this sacrifice is for a moment because I know my God. I know he's going to do, and I don't know what he's going to do, and I'm not going to get all these preconceived plans of what he's going to do. I just know he's going to move, and because he moves, I can be faithful to move, and usually I have to move first. So how about we just move? I encourage you, if God's saying, take the step, take it. He's right there. He's going to catch you or teach you how to fly. He's not going to let you fall. All right? I'm looking at my time. Y'all, I have six minutes. Paul and Silas, we're going to motor through this. Verse 9, Paul has received a vision where a man of Macedonia has said, come help me. Verse 12, they arrive in Macedonia. Verse 13 through 24. Going to have to move. Thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. Verse 13, and on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither, such a fun word to say, thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thatyra, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. When she was baptized in her household, she besought us. There's a whole lot of movement there. Saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass... Talk, do you ever notice the positioning of people? Sometimes our movement that we don't understand is because God needs us in a certain place, a certain position, so he can accomplish what he sees fit to accomplish. It's not always about us. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. She was making some people money in her bondage. Hmm. 
The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which showed unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, and turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. Be aware, when you come out, and I'm talking to all of us, just because I've been sitting on a pew my entire life doesn't mean I don't have to be called out of things. Sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's strife that's wearing me out, and God's like, uh-uh. Remove yourself from that situation right now. I need you to hear me, and you can't hear me because your heart's tender, and you're getting shattered in that situation. Move. The people that were benefiting from your bondage will stir up a fuss. They're gaining from your tragedy. They're gaining from the strife. They're gaining from your depression. They're, you're right where they want you to be. And when you move, they're not happy. Happy. They're not happy. Happy. They're not happy. And so here comes adversity. They find themselves in jail. I love this story because I've had to do it. Verse 25, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but I, I told you we have to motor. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's hands were loosed. It's not always just about us. It's about our influence. The people around you are going to experience what you experience if you move. That's the awesome part. It's not just for me. It's for everybody that I come in contact with. Our move here was not just for us. Well, you know, I've been talking about some things and I really want to get, so I'm going to take you to this little church. And I'm going to give you some quiet so you can figure some things out. It, I knew it wasn't about that. You guys, when we were 30 and then we were 40 and then we were 50 and we'd go back to 40 or we were 55 and we'd go back to 28 and it was just like, ugh! You could still... You could still feel... Now I don't know if everybody else could, but Pastor and I could feel it was like it was in the air. I know. Something is going to happen in this house, and you're going to have to trust my timing. And when I tell you to be still, 
need you to be still. When I tell you to move, I need you to move because I have plans. You can't see it, but I have plans. And so we're going to move on from there. And I just want to tell Ruth in the house, while you're waiting, obey and serve. I'll just get you, let me just give you a heads up. Don't come to us saying you want to be in charge of something if you're not willing to serve. Because leadership is about serving. Leadership, while it may look like, oh, you're just, wow, you're just, it's a whole new level of service every time. And if you don't get that in your heart, adversity will destroy you. It will destroy you. Obey and serve. Widow, grab your oil. And while you're waiting, listen to the prophet. Obey and use what you've got. God knew what was in the house and what wasn't in the house. Elijah, while you're waiting, be persistent in prayer and faith and keep looking for that cloud the size of a man's hand because you heard the sound. You ever hear that? Oh, I have in my life. We heard it. We could hear the sound of abundance of rain. It was a long time before we saw it because God knew what he needed to take out and he knew what he needed to... I'm telling you, we would have someone leave and I never got so excited until people in the church started recognizing okay somebody left but but see God's done this before that person left but the very next service he sends somebody else he sends a pillar he'll remove necessary subtractions he'll do I like seeing people go no did I have to get a grip and not go into wailing and crying and depression every time somebody left? Yep, because it was a lesson I had to learn because I had to understand he's in control and he loves them too. And he told me once, I'm gonna, I've taken, I love them. They weren't going to go. They weren't going to go on the journey. They were going to be frustrated. They weren't going to grow. And so I removed them to where they could grow because I love them. So you have peace, daughter. They're going to grow, and this church is continuing on the journey. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he just takes the time. Paul and Silas, you've been faithful, and you're facing adversity. Get yourself in position and open your mouth. There's an earthquake coming, and there's a jailer who's going to need your assistance. He's going to want to kill himself because he can't see the plan, but you're going to step in the way of that, and his life is going to be saved and that of his household. See, the strength is in the trusting, trusting the hold. I need, can I have four minutes? Pastor, I'm looking at you. If I look at Jen, she's just going to say yes. I'm looking at you. <laughs> the strength is in trusting the hold. Trusting the holding pattern, knowing that he sees it. He was there before you got there. He was there before I got to this one, and he knows what, have I struggled? Yeah. 
Because it was like, and then. But he's taught me to listen, to ask, to be quiet. Strength, wisdom, understanding can come in the weight, but the power comes in the momentum, the movement in the in-between. When you're moving in the in-between, when you are ready, when the doors open, you're ready to run. You're ready to get those shoes on and move. Paul and Silas, beaten in shackles at midnight, that song was in their heart, and it came flowing out, and God moved. God moved. Whew. Anybody in a holding pattern? Trust it. Trust it. Because he's going to move. But don't be still. Don't be complacent. Don't be depressed. Say, Lord, I'm going to move in obedience. I'm going to listen for you. I'm going to keep doing what it's not comfortable. It feels terrible at times, but I'm going to keep moving because you always show up. So if you're Ruth, move and follow and serve God. He's about to change your lineage. Woo! I love that part of the story. I love it all because he just shows himself over and over again. And he says, okay, see this? That's working in your life. I love the thing that says, well, it ran in my family till it ran into me. You can change the outcome. Well, we've always dealt with this, and we've always dealt with that, let it stop with you. Let it be done. If you're the widow, move and grab that vessel and pour, honey, pour. Because God's about to move. If you're Elijah and you heard the sound of abundance of rain, but you have yet to see a cloud, keep going to see what you, what you want to see. Amen? Because here comes the rain. If you're Paul and Silas, move. If the only movement you can manage is to pray and sing, let her rip. Sometimes the only thing I have been able to do is hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. I don't get you right now, but you're worthy. This doesn't feel good. This hurts, but you're worthy. I feel alone, but you're worthy. And your word says I am not alone. And then there's even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Never stop working. You never stop. Never stop working. Move. Let's all stand. God is good. I'm sorry if I lost you along the way. Hope I found you again.